Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark time will never fail you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners, and welcome to episode number 64 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. Yippee-ki-yay, Who Would Winners. This is Chris. <laughs> Chris, you bring your A-game every week. I actually every had week. multiple options for this episode. I had I had a backup as well. What else did you have? I had, uh, it was a Home Alone one that I now forget because I didn't write it down. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> So, so there's no proof that you really had any other ideas. You could have just oh, said that. You're right. I could have just said that. I'm calling you out on it. How are you? What's uh, what's going on? You went to Annapolis yesterday. Uh, uh, I did. I did. Uh, and the day before that, you and I went to a John Mulaney show in uh, Philadelphia. He, he was so good. I thought it was great. Like, I want to see him again. We'll have to see when he goes on tour again. Yeah. I hope next year. But uh, he was he was hysterical. I was thinking of some of the things he was talking about today, and the more I kept thinking of it, the more of his jokes I forgot. Um, like the one the one joke he did when he was comparing Trump to the horse in the hospital, mm-hmm. and he was saying, "Isn't it crazy that the horse can fire the horse catcher?" And like he's like, "What? How does that make any sense?" But uh, it was he was he was really really good, and you really liked the uh the intro comedian right uh i thought he was pretty good yeah i forget what his name was off the top of my head uh, max Silv- silvestri was his name max silvestri yes so um yeah he was i mean i wasn't a huge fan of him i mean i think i was just because i was more excited for john mulaney uh i kind of feel bad for that guy in that situation because he's coming out he's doing it his all like he wants the crowd to be happy but at the same time they're really there just to see john not to see him yeah that is a tough situation but he got to start somewhere so hopefully it hopefully works out for him you also mentioned i was in uh yeah, I was near true. annapolis yeah to yesterday for a family party it was really nice uh family nice. Like a family christmas party and anything um, uh good go on anything exciting um fantastic food very nice house it was nice to see um some family that i don't see that often so i had a good time that's good that's good and you spent the night correct yeah, we stayed in a hotel near out there, down there too. Yeah. Oh, cool! Very nice. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed. Thank you um, very much. I just Steve. want to take a second to apologize, everybody, mm-hmm. for my voice. Um, my voice is really, really bad right now. It was really worse earlier during the week. Yeah, I, I did notice it's not as velvety smooth as usual. I, I apologize. Um, and I didn't want to skip another week since we took a week off last week as well. Um, but it's a lot better today than it's been the past couple of days. Thursday was it was pretty much non-existent. When my students came into class and I said, hello, good morning, or whatever, they, they all looked at me like, what are you, what's going on? You know, like, what happened? If you listen to this podcast on one and a half speed, we probably both sound weird anyway. That's so you true. won't even know. You won't even notice the difference. But um, I cut, saw a couple of my buddies. My buddy Nick's birthday was yesterday, and um, we went out and got some drinks. And he said, what are you been screaming at the kids too much again? Like, that's what everybody says, like, when you're a teacher. And you I think I said voice. that to you, too. But, 
yeah, everyone's like, what are you screaming at the kids? So well, if I cough you? onto the side or anything like that, I apologize ahead of time. Was that? I was not. No, I was not uh, laughing or not laughing, uh, yelling at the kids. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I want to talk about our previous episode. I have the poll for that episode in which we had Toucan Sam go up against Iago. Um, they were both getting pardoned uh, in honor of the president pardoning birds uh, uh, for Thanksgiving. That's a thing uh, America and does. And I have the results. Yeah, for some reason, we went into the history of that a little bit, and uh, we like doing it. Our presidents like doing it. And the alternate but, history. Uh, yeah, where the, the turkeys had to establish their own form of government. Mm -hmm. Stuff you don't learn in history class. Right. And it doesn't matter if it's not a fact because it, what's more important how you feel. Right. If you feel it and you believe it's true, then it's true. That's the America we live in now. Mm -hmm. Iago won that poll 56% to Can Sam's 44%. So you got the win on that one, Chris. Well, that was a close one. That's a nail biter. That was close. Now, we had a couple fans reach out to us about this episode. Uh, one of our friends, we have. Uh, Sal from Alaska, he reached out to us on Facebook and he said, personally, I think both are guilty of the same crime, criminal negligence. The difference is Iago has one charge against a guy like, what, 800 years ago? Statue of limitations, anyone? <laughs> Whereas Mr. Sam, Mr. Toucan, unsure on Avery surnames, would have at least thousands, if not millions of charges against him if he were brought to face his injustices. I think they should both do the time which for criminal negligence is what, 30 to 90 days? Except Sammy would have a quite a few co uh, consecutive sentences. And then he said, BT Dubs, happy Thanksgiving, because he sent that to us on Thanksgiving. That was pretty fun. So um, we appreciate, uh, yeah, we appreciate uh, Sal from Alaska reaching out to us regarding that episode. We also got a tweet from our good friend Andy Baker, who said, at Who Would Win Cast, while Steve was able to prove Toucan Sam's crimes were not as great as Iago's, Chris was able to demonstrate that there is a legal precedent in which Iago's crimes are pardonable, which I completely agree with when you were able to find how there was some kind of a similar instance that happened uh, with a real presidential pardon, correct? Correct. Yeah, it was, it was Patty Hearst. That's who it was, yeah. I forget, was that Clinton? Uh, what, was I think, Bush? I think, who, Bush? Was, who was before Clinton? Carter? No, Papa Bush. Oh. I forget. So one president commuted her sentence, made it shorter, and then she was later given a pardon by another president, I believe, was it? I, I forget who did which, okay. though. Right. Gotcha. So, um, so yeah, so thank you both to Sal from Alaska and Andy Baker for reaching out to us about that episode. Uh, Chris, we also have a uh, review, if you want to take the reins on that and leave uh, our fictional background for the good person who left us a review on iTunes. You got it. So uh, I'm going to read this review very quickly. It's a really nice review. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to read it uh, word for word. And uh, just to let you know that in advance. I like the ideas of your battles. They are very good. One battle idea I have is Wolverine versus Freddy Krueger in the dream world. I like this. It's quite reminiscent of that, in my opinion, death battle with them much more soon your battles and scenarios. And then what is done in that show, which I'm very much enjoy. And this gives me a very enjoyable fun battle to listen to after i've just watched a death battle although some battles don't make sense and more research should be done to prep for the battles but it's still fun and i love you guys andrew of pa so thanks andrew for that review 
So a little constructive criticism. He says, hey, uh, some of your battles don't make sense and, and you should do more research. Um, I agree with both of those things. That's that's a good call. I think that's what makes our uh, our bad out. They're not the traditional, you know, like Batman versus Superman battles, which is what I said since day one. I want to try to avoid. But I do agree with that. We might need to do a little more research when we go into our, uh, into our A lot of things just don't make sense. But that's yeah, the that's way true. I like it, too. Sorry, Andrew. Yeah. So, um, I was then doing some thinking into this one, and he, I noticed he, it looks like his username, uh, for the review is Natsu, less than three Lizana, or Natsu Heart Lizana, less than three being, you know, a popular heart, uh, what do you call that? Shortcut slang? I don't know. Whatever. So what I think is, based on the complete lack of english punctuation marks <laughs> i think it might be a lizard person trying to learn our culture and blend in because he seems to be in love with a lizana okay. which i assume is lizard anna okay so I see what you're saying there i i think he's from a race of lizard people trying to learn about our culture possibly by listening to podcasts and I'm, I think he picked a good one, really, because we, we cover lots of pop culture topics. This you're, is true. You're going to get a really good understanding of humanity from this podcast. You're going to laugh, laugh, you're going to cry, you're going to kiss three bucks goodbye, even though our podcast is free. Is that a saying? I, uh, I just, I just, uh, it, it can be. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the review, though. Uh, I Ruin. just, thank you. I just, I just, uh, yes, thank you so much, uh, there, uh, Andrew from Pennsylvania. I just uh, googled Natsu, uh -huh. and Natsu is a uh, anime character. I'm not super f familiar with Natsu uh, Dragneel. Um, so I I'm sure he's a, must be a fan of Natsu Dragneel. Perhaps we can maybe incorporate that into one of our future episodes. And I also just looked up Lazana, and I got nothing. He's from. Just, I'm seeing that he's from Fairy Tale. Is a, a, a show called Fairy Tale. Is that what it is? A fairy tale show? Uh, I don't know if that's the name of it or that's just his affiliation. I don't know. Like, like he said, we don't do very good research here. No. Yeah, we're 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 pretty bad here. <laughs> so, um, I mean, he still could be a lizard person. Yeah, it probably could still be a lizard person. Anyway, it is. Yes, it is. The show you. is called Fairy Tale. The anime is called Fairy Tale. Got it. He's a fire well, dragon thank you, slayer. Uh, so much. Ooh. Oh my gosh, maybe... Maybe he can enlighten us. Shoot us an email. Uh, let us know all about uh, what your username's all about. And if we were close, if you are a lizard person, <laughs> or if we were uh, way off. I have a feeling we're going to be spot on. We've been pretty Usually, good lately, especially with that Equifax attack. Yep. See, we're, we're uh, doing pretty good. people hardly ever tell me I'm wrong. So I assume the other times I'm right. You're right. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Chris, you ready to get started with today's episode? Uh, yes, I am. I'm ready. All right. So please remember, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. You can also subscribe and leave us a ratings on iTunes or through our RSS feed on Podbean. Chris, what are we talking about today? Uh, for the second time in the Who Would, Win, Who Would Win podcast history, we are talking about a Home Alone battle. That is correct. Yes, we did this uh, about a year ago, same time, Christmas time, holidays. And um, this one's going to be a little bit different than that one. You want to kind of lay out what we're going to be doing? Yeah, so we, we were unable to work out our schedules to have a three-person battle like last time. 
So we have each chosen a person who has some experience with... Uh, we were a little more lax this time on the rules. So like uh, home invasion related, maybe stretching it a little bit. But um, we each picked a person. We're going to... Um, did we just say, are we going to have them like try to break into the house from Home Alone 2? Is that the goal? To get something from that house? So is it the one from Home Alone 1 or Home Alone 2? So I would lobby for Home Alone 2, which is I feel is the superior Home Alone film where he's in the New York house. <laughs> I've never heard anyone argue that before. Do you, do you, like do you hear that. Do they say they uh, like Home yeah. Alone 1 better? I For most people I've seen, they like Home Alone 1 better. I think they believe it. Actually, which which one do you think is more plausible? Home Alone, Home Alone 1 or Home Alone 2? Um... I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I like the fact, like the way that he gets Kevin gets left alone. I think is more plausible in the second Home Alone movie because they get split up at the airport and they're late. Like I think that's more plausible than them just completely forgetting about him, like they did in the first movie. I agree with that. I agree. But all the all the antics that ensue while he's alone, I think, are more realistic in the first one than they are the second one. Like, the fact that he's able just to break into some, like, abandoned apartment oh, building. Oh, oh, no, Steve, Steve. It, it was, like, his uncle's house. He was renovating it. He knew about it. Oh, what? Oh, was it? Yes, it was a, fa- I might not, it was a family member's house. Okay, okay. That he so, did break yeah, into. I say, let's go, let's go, let's go Home Alone 2, uh, the one with Donald Trump in it. Exactly. And, uh, and we'll argue, you know, how our guys are going to be able to break in. And, um... Yeah, so I was thinking, since we don't have a moderator to kind of point out the uh, traps, we can we can point out traps to each other as we go. I think that's fair. Okay, sounds good. All right, so uh, so we're doing that's what we're doing, breaking in Home Alone style. If you haven't listened to our previous episode last year, in which we did this, you should definitely go back and give it a listen. I don't remember what episode it is off the top of my head. I'm guessing it's somewhere in the twenties. Probably. Um, yeah. We did we did Indiana Jones. And Daniel Craig's James Bond trying to break in and defend a house against the other. And uh, that episode, really, really good. Definitely go check it out if you haven't listened to it already. So, uh, so Chris, who are you picking for this episode? Uh, a little bit of background about your character. So I have chosen John McClane from the uh, 1988 film Die Hard. He's uh, played by Bruce nice, Willis. Great, great character. Yeah. Dang, yes, great character. Played by Bruce Willis. Um New York Police Department uh, office, uh, detective or lieutenant. I forget what he is. It doesn't matter. He uh, gets invited to a Christmas party at Nakatomi Plaza, uh, which happens to be taken by, um, I guess you'd say, a terrorist group. They take hostages, demands. Yeah. They want they want money. They, they're going for they're going for the safe. And it's just a great it's just a great Christmas movie. And I that I did say Christmas movie because it is a Christmas movie. I think it's almost always ranked as the best Christmas movie uh, ever. It is. It is a great one. I have only seen this once, and it was two years ago, the first time I ever saw it. I always heard how good it was, and I just never got a chance to see it. And it was Christmas Eve morning. I had, like, nothing to do. I was just sitting around. So I watched uh, the first Die Hard. I've never seen any of the other ones. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was really, really good. Um, I'm with you. So um, he basically has to be the lone cop that's in this uh, 
high-rise building as he slowly takes out the terrace one by one. And um, not necessarily with traps, but it's like similar. It's more like his home got invaded by people and then he killed them all. I think it kind of relates. I think it's fair. Yeah, I think it's absolutely completely fair. Thank you. So who who are you picking, Steve? So I am pink picking Ant-Man from the Marvel Comics and film Ant-Man. So I'm specifically going with the Scott Lang version of the character because there are a couple versions of the character. Uh, there's Hank Pym, who was the first Ant-Man, um, who invented the suit. And uh, he was portrayed by Michael Douglas in the Ant-Man film. And then Scott Lang is the next uh, Ant-Man. And, and he was portrayed by Paul Rudd in the in the movie Ant-Man as well. Um, he's kind of like a very odd superhero character. I mean, basically, he can just shrink sizes, not just small, but also get larger as well. Um, How large can he has get? The, uh, did you see Civil War? No, I haven't seen Ant-Man or Civil War. You haven't seen Ant-Man or Civil War? Oh, no, this man. is going to be tough for me. Ant-Man pretty good. Ant-Man is pretty good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's not like the greatest thing ever, but it's very enjoyable. And then Ant-Man also is in Civil War. He's on Captain America's team in that. And in that movie, he becomes Giant Man, in which he can get really, really big. And in that movie, he's pretty much the size of a skyscraper at one point uh, when all the uh, Avengers are fighting each other. And, wow, that um, sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really funny just because everyone's reacting to it like, holy God, like, how is this possible? But um, he, he when he's small, he still has the strength kind of uh, like a normal sized person would, um, kind of reminiscent of the strength that ants they can carry like six times their body weight or body weight, whatever it is. And um, yeah, so in the film Ant Man, the movie is itself is pretty much a heist movie where he has to break into things, uh, shrinking down to sizes, getting uh, bigger as well. Uh, in the movie. Uh, in the, the, the third act, his daughter is pretty much taken kidnapped in their house by the villain. And Scott Lang has to get into his house and fight the antagonist who's uh, Yellow Jacket, played by Corey Stoll. And they just pretty much have to fight inside the house by going from big to small, big to small, whatnot. But um, going off of some of his other abilities, he also has the... Uh, abilities to communicate with uh ants which which is kind of interesting um they kind of went into that in the movie a little bit that he can like talk to these insects and he also um has like built-in amplifiers in his helmet so that way when he's tiny people can also uh hear him while he's talking he also has these um weapons which are called uh pim particles on his like utility belt which he can use to like throw at objects. And once the objects hit those things, they become bigger or smaller, uh, which is uh, kind of cool to use as well. Um, so that's, that's a little bit about Ant-Man. He, so he has some experience uh, going into a house, but he has a lot of experience trying to uh, break into places and uh, take something that does not belong to him. That's uh, thank you for that summary. Cause it helps. Cause I haven't seen any of them. Um, quick there question. Sure. When he gets larger, does he still have the yes. strength of his normal size self? That's a good question. Uh, in the movie, when he gets larger, he is holding on to War Machine as War Machine is trying to fly away. 
and War Machine is not able to do so. So I would say that the normal Paul Rudd, Scott Lang character would not be able to hold on to War Machine. I would agree. So I guess he does get increased strength. Man, that seems unfair. I mean, I don't plan on making him go big in this in this fight. I'm going to kind of stick to his traditional Ant-Man strengths, not really Giant-Man. But, I mean, if I have to, I'll pull it out. But I don't plan on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see how it goes. See how it goes. All, All right. right um, so do you want to do you want to attack first? You wanna, you wanna yeah. Breaking in this house. Um. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yes. Yes. Okay. So here's the main thing to remember about John McClane. He's basically like an unstoppable, um, gun machine. I don't know what you. I don't know. But he gets hurt. You can't kill him. No matter what you do, you can you can punch him and shoot him and like throw him off things, and he'll he'll just keep coming. He just keeps coming at you. So so what's a okay. what's a common home alone trap, right? Um something on the floor. He 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 breaks the Christmas ornaments in Home Alone 1, leaves them on the floor. Home Alone 2, I think he puts a nail on the on the steps in the basement. Do you remember right. does this sound familiar? Yes. It so does. John McClane spent almost the entire Die Hard movie with glass in his feet. He was barefoot because okay. I believe the hostage takeover happened when he was taking a shower or something like that. Yep. He didn't get a chance to put shoes on. He runs over broken glass, cuts up his feet real bad, barely slows him down. So his feet are impervious to ground mm, debris. Let's say that. Okay. I think I think that's fair. All right. Other things that often happen in Home Alone. They get hit in the face. They get they get hit with bricks or paint cans or a shovel. I can't. I can't think of anything else. Uh, I think one of them. They hit one of them. One. Remember when that one guy had the spider on his face, and Joe Pesci like hit him in the face with something with like a crowbar or something, or hit him in the stomach. Yeah. Anyway, they get hit and punched a lot. So John McClane also gets hit in the head and punched a lot. And what would probably okay. kill a normal person, he can just keep coming. He seems to not get concussions or brain damage or anything like that. So that's going to be a, a, a check mark in his favor. Uh, okay, strong, Agreed. strong face and body. Uh, some other things that might help him. He has a machine gun. If you recall, in in Die Hard, he uh, kills one guy and takes his machine gun and then puts his dead body in the elevator and writes on his shirt, "Now I have a machine gun." Ho ho ho. <laughs> yes. So, so, so we can agree that yes, he he does have a machine gun. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So there there might be some obstacles that it's going to be easier to just shoot his way through, which he is great at. He shoots his way through most like forms of adversity in Die Hard until the very end when he runs out of bullets. So so he'll have basically infinite bullets for the first like three quarters of the house, and then near the near the finale he will run out of bullets. Or have a very small amount left and have to conserve them. But that's okay. okay. Then he can just rely on his like wits and strength. Okay. Now, is he going to be trying to uh, sneak up on this house? Like, does he no. want his presence to be? He he does not care if it if he's just going to come in guns blazing. Probably he's probably going to just walk up to the front door. Uh, I don't know. Touch it, burn his hand for a second, and be like, "Oh, looks like they like heated up the doorknob. Good thing I didn't like." grab it really tight and just touched it and then he'll then he'll shoot the door open no problem okay. all right 
Oh, if there's a big hole in the floor, he's he's gonna look before he leaps. He's gonna shine his flashlight. <laughs> he's a he's a he's an NYPD detective. He's a smart guy. He's not gonna just walk in and then fall down, like that guy did in Home Alone too. Right. I should look up his name so I stop saying that guy. Uh, Harry. Harry. Yeah, and Marv. Harry and Marv. Okay. Heavy Marv. Yes. Okay. Um. Now McLean is a very very heavy smoker. Do you think he's going to be worried about, you know, taking smoke breaks during this whole ordeal? Or do you think that the smell of smoke might alert uh, the person inside the house, Ant-Man, well, to his arrival? Or even like a, a, a cigarette bud uh, light in the dark uh, might bring attraction uh, to him? Yes, I think that's a fair point. He probably would be smoking a cigarette a lot of the time. Okay. But that doesn't matter. He has a machine gun. Do you That's think he would just like? For. Do you would he just like throw the cigarette buds? He probably would, right? You just throw it on the ground. Yeah, he probably would. That's like a tough guy thing. He he would flick it. Just flick it. Yeah, I and mean, there'd be like a slow mo camera shot of it, like trying to turning end over end in the air. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Now I think it might be fair to assume that since this house is being renovated, it's possible that there might be some oil on the floor or whatnot, maybe even some gasoline. Oh, definitely. There's a, there's a scene um, where uh, Kevin soaks a rag, I think, in kerosene and then lights it on fire. So, I mean, flicking cigarettes around, I mean, that's going to bring attention, especially unwanted attention, to John McClane. I mean, the place goes up in flames, or I shouldn't say go up in flames, but starts to uh, catch fire. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't catch on fire. That would, that would be bad. But I don't really care if it brings attention. He, he doesn't, he's a shoot first, ask questions later kind of guy. This is true. This is true. Subtlety but, is um, not I mean, uh, a diehard way. But he would be bring, he would be bringing attention to him. Yes. With everything going on, that might not be the best plan of attack. Maybe while trying to I mean, break into this house. Did I mention he had a machine gun? Okay, this is true. Yeah, that would also bring unwanted attention as well. I feel like everybody would heard the machine guns going off, all the the rounds firing, and everybody'd be like, "What's what's going on in that house over there?" Yeah, but guess what? He's NYPD, Steve. This happened. This takes place in New York. Ooh, he just calls I his buddies like, "Hey, went, I see why you went with New York now." <laughs> I actually right. didn't even realize that when I picked the New York <laughs> one, but I mean, it would. It's like home field advantage okay. for him, right? This is true. I feel like he does have some character flaws, though. He uh oh always thinks to believe that he is the one who is right. Um, so he, he believes that every decision he makes is the right course of action, when in reality, people are uh, flawed. And it's possible that he could make a mistake, such as throwing a cigarette or you know, shooting hundreds of rounds of machine guns into an empty apartment in New York City. Um, you know, he's stubborn. I don't know if he really likes to learn through his mistakes. Steve, I think everything you said is true and accurate, but that's not going to hurt him. This is okay. this is a Home Alone movie, not like a like a coming of age story. He doesn't have to he doesn't have to come out at the end a better person. He just has to come out with his machine gun. This is true. Okay, I see what you're saying. He he he's generally a good guy. His heart's in the right place, but like you said, stubborn, doesn't necessarily learn from his mistakes. Yeah. Okay, so what's what's your next plan of attack here? So, are we saying the object is to get something from the house? I like, think that would make the most something? sense. Yeah, that that does make yeah, the most take, take sense. Something. Yeah, and that's what we did last time, right? I think there was we did like you you had to get into one room and like steal something from a safe. Okay, 
So the general uh, general traps. He's just going to kind of tank them. You know, he he has a very you know his he has high HP. If to use a a video game you know related uh, analogy, uh, brick to the face. That's fine. He's going to come back. Uh, nailing his foot. That's fine. He steps on glass all time all the time. So he's he's in the house. He he has a, he has a flashlight because he's a, he's a, like a detective or a lieutenant. Like I said, I don't remember which one. Um, he might be both. Um, he's gonna he's gonna scout out the place. He's gonna kind of probably be able to pick out the easy traps because like Kevin wasn't like the most well hidden of you know traps. Like one was like just a string hanging down, and like he uh, I think Harry pulls on it, and like an iron hits him in the face, or like a bag of flour. Like John McClane's not gonna do that. He's not. He's gonna like. He's gonna be like, "Oh, that's clearly out of place. I'm not gonna pull on it with all of my strength." So he scouts it out. He's like, "You know what? Uh, probably using my cop instincts. What I'm looking for is upstairs. Makes his way towards the steps. Maybe there's gonna be some pink hands that swing down. I mean, they're probably gonna hit him in the face. Like I said, he's gonna just tank that hit. He's gonna keep on going. He gets upstairs. Maybe there's some locked doors. Maybe there's some stuff in the way. Mister Machine Gun helps him." take that out bust down a door he finds the the item he's after maybe ant-man's there maybe he's not i mean john mcclain versus ant-man that'd be a that'd be a good one-on-one fight probably in in fairness to how Die Hard usually works he'd be out of bullets for the final fight so he'd have to do it by hand <laughs> and uh i mean and, that, he, and that's what the people would want to see they wouldn't want to see an ant man one shot boom he's done i mean people want to see both of these that's, guys going at it yeah that's that's just bad writing so the probably the diehard theme plays he beats ant-man gets it uh at this point he flicks a cigarette in slow motion accidentally lights up some kerosene that has to that's like near some <laughs> dynamite or something he has to jump out the window that explodes behind him he lands in the street he does like a roll and he makes some pun about like christmas I don't know. He's like, wow, I really decked those halls. Something like that. <laughs> ho, 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 Ant-Man. Because now he's from the South. <laughs> um, okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring out my ace in the hole here. Okay, th- this, this is what I have come to decide for this battle. I sent you an email. Okay. I would like you to open said email. All right, the one that says secret? Yes. Well, the very end, I had to do the shot with the machine gun, which I had to mm. kind of be coaxed into because I was very uncomfortable with it. But uh, in the end, it was the gunpowder that uh, was really... I just I was sneezing uncontrollably. Ooh, horrible. Mm. Horrible. It wasn't... I mean, there are worse things than life. I'm allergic to mice. Uh, How would you know? Well, some mice were... Were around, and I was sneezing. I was itching more you than noticed. sneezing. So I, I, I have to say that I'm allergic to mice. I'd keep away from most enemies. In general, they're not that cute, really. Is it what you're trying to say? Is that you're scared of mice, or you're just allergic to them? I'm, I'm, I'm a little skeptical. I'm a little frightened. You're suspicious. I'm suspicious of mice. In that clip, Bruce Willis talks about how he's both allergic and scared of mice. Correct. So I, I have a couple a couple points that I'll that I'll bring up. One, okay. I don't think it was entirely clear that he wasn't joking and being sarcastic. 
He seemed like he was kind of. No, it seemed because the girl. He was so offhand about it. But the girl was talking about the gunpowder and how it made her sneeze and how she was having this reaction, which immediately led to Bruce Willis to start to bring up the mice. It's not like anyone else brought that up. Obviously, it was something that he struggled with on set or else he would not have brought it up. Well, so he might have just thought it was funny because how would you know he was allergic to mice? What if he was also allergic to gunpowder? That would actually be worse. But why did he say the gunpowder? Why did he say mice? Because he was joking. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't think he was. Because that girl was serious with her, with uh, her story, and I would say that he is serious with his as well. Okay, so even if he is both allergic and scared of mice, I didn't pick Bruce Willis. I chose John McClane, the NYPD lieutenant, who's not scared or allergic of anything. Well, right here, I'm going to pull out the Galaxy Quest doctrine in which the real-life persona of the characters can be used in the characters that they play, just like in the film Galaxy Quest. So I would argue that it is possible that the actual uh, attributes that Bruce Willis, the actor, experiences can be given towards the characters that he plays in his films. Because he's saying right there that he had trouble with that on set. And... While he was on set, he was John McClane. Therefore, John McCain is allergic to mice. You said John McCain at the end. But other than that. Did I say John? <laughs> yeah. John so McClane. even if. Transitive property. That, that's actually a pretty good use of the transitive property. So even if he wasn't joking about being allergic to mice. And even if John McClane has to have the same weaknesses as Bruce Willis. That wouldn't even be that bad for this house. I mean, sure, there might be a couple mice in there. He's probably he's going to be sneezing a little bit. Big deal. What's the worst that could happen? That Ant-Man has the pin particles that he can throw at other objects and make them change their sizes. In which Ant-Man would throw one of these at a mouse, and that mouse would, in return grow extremely large and there would be a giant mouse in the house i'm dr seuss now and <laughs> and john mcclain would be not only sneezing erratically because there's this giant mouse in front of him full of mouse hair which is going to be screwing up with his nostrils and sinuses he's also going to be scared he has admitted that he is afraid of mice there's a giant one standing right in front of you. He's going to be terrified. That's pretty. That's a pretty good idea, I gotta say. But um, here's my here's my rebuttal to this. So, you know what else John McClane's probably afraid of? Getting shot by terrorists, right? I mean, that's a scary thing. But he doesn't. That doesn't yes. stop him from charging into rooms full of terrorists and killing them all. So he's gonna he's but gonna be sneezing. A, he's gonna be scared, but he's gonna be like, you know what? I got a job to do. I'm going to machine gun this mouse and then uh, get on with my day. Uh, But I feel that when he's going and charging against a terrorist, the terrorist isn't making him sneeze, so he's not distracted. Whereas this mouse would make him continuously sneeze. Who says it has to be one? There's a bunch of mice in New York City. We can assume that underneath every house has to be at least five mice. Would you agree? At least five mice? I'm not sure. I, I haven't 
looked in enough New York basements to know how many mice are average. Um, let's say maybe two or three. All right, well, to be fair. To All right, we'll 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 say two or three. All right, we'll have to check the official uh, 2010 mouse census from New York. Mm-hmm. But um, so if we have max of three, those three mice can be enlarged, and now he's surrounded by three mice with all of that hair in the air around him, making him just continuously sneeze aggressively. He's not going to be able to, you know, think straight while he's constantly distracted by the sneezing. In re- in combination with his loud sneezing, the machine gun fire, and the house being on fire, the police are going to there, and he's going to be charged with breaking and entering. Yeah, he can pull out his badge, NYPD, don't worry about it. But they're going to be like, yo, dude, what are you in here for? Like, why are you here? Steve, I think he still when has the, to follow the law. I think when the police arrive and see three giant mice, they're gonna be like, "All right, something weird's going on. We got your back, John." You think so? I'm pretty sure if a police officer saw three giant human-sized mice, they would probably be alarmed by that. Yeah, but then you guys are. are if you guys kill all the mice, then you're going to have PETA and all the animal rights activist groups on your tail. You guys are going to be, like, suspended without pay. I mean, it's not going to end happily in either scenario. There, Look, you, you created giant re- ma- mouse monsters, Steve. That's, first of all, probably unethical and dangerous. What if they got loose in the city? You'd unleash a giant mouse in New York City? I never said they were mice monsters. You're you're uh, you're labeling them here, Chris. Well, now that they're we, they're monster very, sized, very... they're they're huge. Okay, so so they're they're large, but they could still be nice mice. Man, I'm just but, r- I'm rhyming this today. <laughs> the the residents of New York will think they are monsters, just like Frankenstein in the book Frankenstein. Was that what it was called, Frankenstein? Right. He uh he was a nice guy, but people thought he was a monster, and they called him a monster. Well. Then who's the real criminal, Chris? Ant-Man or the citizens of New York City for not opening up their hearts? No, Ant-Man, because that <laughs> is very dangerous. It's probably going to, like, the mouse is going to be scared, too. It's not used to being that size. It's probably going to maybe try to eat a person. I don't know what it would do. I think it would just go to, like, a, a fondue place in New York City. <laughs> a fondue place? Or it would just still keep keep going to the same. Yeah, it likes cheese. <laughs> Oh, okay, I got it. <laughs> I thought that was pretty clear. <laughs> I was just thinking he might not understand how fondue works. He's like, oh, I got to dip this thing in. and <laughs> Oh, no, he wouldn't be dipping it in at all. <laughs> oh, he'd just eat the cheese. He'd just be eating Why cheese. doesn't he just go to like a cheese store? Or like a deli and get uh, the cheese there? Because, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. He, I guess he could. He's just a very cultured mouse. He's like, oh, fondue, I'll get the fondue. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'll go for the fun. I mean, I mean, mice know where the best food is. I mean, you want to eat where the mice eat. Am I right? Uh, I don't think that is good advice to follow. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that that's my ace in the hole. That's what I would argue. I would argue that um, Ant Man would take one of the mice and he would bring it up to their size. Now, I was also flirting with this possibility. Now, Ant Man can speak to insects. Okay, he cannot speak to mice. But we are not sure of the communication capabilities of insects to mice. Maybe it is possible that Ant-Man can give some directions to the insects that can then give those directions to the mice, in which he could also control the mice 
and have them help him defend the house and try to scare out Bruce Willis. Maybe they could, you know, he could get an army of mice to show up prior to <laughs> Bruce Willis's arrival. And so the whole you're place asking, is just filled with them. You're asking our listeners to believe that mice can speak ant. I am. I mean, if you look at any animated movie, animals can communicate with one another. Like, look at uh, what was that movie? Go away, far away home. What's that one? Fly away home with the with the geese. I think it's uh, you know. I'm not just, only is that uh, not animated. Homeward Bound. Oh, okay. <laughs> Homeward Bound. That's not animated either. But the animals, the cats and the dogs, and what was the other animal? Another dog. Was it just cats? Another dog. There's They're two all dogs able and a cat. Yeah, they're all able to communicate with one another. So I am sure that it is possible in the animal world that over all these generations, insects and mice have learned to communicate with one another. You're you're sure that's possible, huh? Uh, prove to me that it's impossible. <laughs> I don't know enough about ant communication to refute that. I, I mean, my there gut's go. telling me that ants can't really make sounds to communicate, but I don't know. Maybe they do. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, they do in Ant-Man, but granted, that's based on a comic book, so we're really not too sure of the communication capabilities. Yeah, I mean, I don't really want to help you out, but maybe they could like do like a rudimentary sign language to communicate. But that would require like to be like human levels of intelligence, and, and ants just aren't very smart. Are they smart uh, in the movie Ant-Man? Uh, I mean, they they obey his orders in the movie. I mean, he tells them to do something, and they all do it. Um, I mean, we do know that ants are very strong. So, but we do not know if the strength size also correlates with their intelligence size as well. They have pretty small brains. They can't be that smart. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if that's a that's a fair assessment. Okay, I'm sorry if I offended any ants listening, but I, that's just my opinion. Yeah, Chris. There goes all of our downloads from the ant community. Thanks a lot. All right, so uh, I just wanted to look up real quick um, the population of mice slash rats in New York City. And there are 2 million rats in New York City, approximately. They did a study in 2014. How many? 2 million? 2 million. It is 20% of the number of humans in New York City. That's a lot. Yeah. Hopefully, if you have any voting complaints. And if you have any rodent uh, complaints, you can dial 311 and uh, people will help you with your uh, rodent situation. <laughs> so good. in case that's... we have any uh, New York listeners, you didn't know that. There you go. That's a great PSA, Steve. There you go. All right. Uh, ready for Ant-Man's plan here? Yeah, let me, let me hear Ant-Man's plan. All right. Ant-Man's plan is uh, pretty straightforward. He's going to shrink. Okay. Now he's going to shrink down small. Okay. He wants this to be a surprise attack on this house. Okay, so since he is shrinking down before he arrives, he's going to have to start his attack, his end point of entry, um, a little earlier than he would originally have to because it's going to take time for him to walk a couple sidewalk blocks in order to get right in front of the house. I don't want him to shrink right in front of the house because uh, John McClane could then see him coming. And then B, when Ant-Man shrinks, he makes a noise. It's like whooshing, something like that. That was probably really bad, but I hope uh, I hope you believe it. Um, 
So if if he did that in front of the house, John McLean would hear it. He'd probably think like, "What the heck was that noise?" And if John McLean was cultured, you know, he watches the movies, he'd be like, "Oh, that's the sound of Ant Man shrinking." So I know what's going on. So now, Ant Man would probably start uh, by going into um, perhaps some of the uh, the underneath areas of the house. Um, he can go and uh, follow some of the pipes. Uh, he could go into uh, pipes if he wanted to, or he could fi- file, or excuse me, he could follow uh, like cables if there's any electric cables or like uh, internet cables. Well, this is a uh, Home Alone too. I, I must, there was internet back then. I guess it wasn't as popular though as it is today. Obviously, and the house was kind of gutted, so I don't know how many wires it would have had. Yeah, that's true. All right, good point. But um, I mean, there's probably at least electrical cables. I would assume. Uh, like just basic ones. Uh, Ant-Man could climb those, follow them around, um, work his way up towards the area. I mean, since he's so small, he's not going to set off any traps uh, from the Home Alone movies that, you know, we would see. He's I was not gonna... trying to think of like the ones that would give him trouble. Like what about like a sticky floor? Like if he covered an entire floor in something sticky. So, so that's a good point. Yeah, so a sticky floor would definitely catch Ant-Man off guard. Uh, well, I don't know if you catch him off guard because um, he would see it coming because it would be like an ocean of something different to him. Say, for example, it was tar. If he was walking on the floor and he just saw all this black uh, up in the horizon, he would probably be you know, taken off by that. Now, the problem that Ant-Man has to deal with now is getting around that. He would have to take all the time to walk around the tar or he'd have to – you know shrink back up or not shrink but grow back up to his previous size and by doing so he could bring attention to himself while doing that he could hit another trap that has already been set um so it's kind of like a catch-22 here you're wasting time or you could possibly be you know give off your presence in the house so i would not want to give off my presence in the house Uh, i would want to be as secret as possible walking around the tar on the ground or something along those lines that would stick you um, would be the best course of action. If you set up any like toy cars, I don't know if he did in the second one, but you know how in the first one he set up the toy cars? Yes. Um, Ant- Ant-Man could probably get into one of those and like give himself a little push and use that as like a driving tool to get around the house if possible, kind of like Stuart Little style. Um, that also could bring some attention because if John McClane saw like a toy micro machine driving yeah. around, that might be a little suspicious. But, I mean, given his small size and statue, uh, he's pretty much going to avoid, I'd say, most traps that are, are laid out for him. And when it comes time for him to acquiring what he needs to get in the middle, we could say maybe his girlfriend was – or not his girlfriend. We could say his daughter was like held hostage by John McClane or something. Um, if he has to get in there and save his daughter, um, which is a driving force in the Ant-Man movie, um, I think he would have no problem getting to her. Uh, the big problem now would be getting her out and having to deal with John McClane. Um, I think, luckily for you, John McClane will probably just be asleep by then. Because I was doing, I was doing some rough calculations. Go ahead. So, do you um, know the approximate speed of an ant in miles per hour? Well, in any in any speed at all. Have you do you know any reference point? I I, don't, I would say they could go a foot in a minute. Okay. That's that actually is in the ballpark. Um, 
so I, I did some calculations with the speed of, I think it was a fire ant, which they said goes at about nine body lengths per second. And Ant-Man's body length is about 12 millimeters, according to some guy on the internet. Okay. So if you say he's about 12, millimeter, 12 millimeters long and he can go nine body lengths per second, that's uh, 108 millimeters per second or uh, 6.5 me- meters per hour. And for uh, okay. people who aren't great with meters, that's about 21 feet per hour. So in fairness, that okay. might be on the low end of speed for ants. Like the fastest ant in the world can go 100 body lengths per second, about 10 times faster than that. Okay. So uh, even with this in mind, uh, a, a city, a, the average city block in New York is about 900 feet. So if okay. we take the low end speed estimate of 21 <laughs> feet per hour, it's going to take him like 40 hours per block, roughly. And then, and then if we have the fastest ant speed, it's about 10 times faster. So then we're down to like four hours per block and you're shrinking okay. down a couple blocks away. So you're like, you're going through, you know, a third or more of a day just to walk to the house. And then you got to walk around in the house and find where you're going. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be like 24 hours before you're like in the room and John McClane's just going to be like, I'm going home. It's Christmas. I got to, I don't know what he does on Christmas. Smoke cigarettes and drinks, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> oh, because love his alky. The whole first movie, he's trying to win back his like ex-wife Holly, and then right. like in the second movie, they're like, "Oh, Holly's gone," and then he just pretty much gave up. Yeah, then they just don't mention that ever again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yes, yeah, so I would I would argue that though it may take time, slow and steady wins the race. And the real goal here is to get into the house undetected without setting off any traps and um, acquire the goods that are inside and make it out unharmed. Now, just for argument's sake, let's say that Ant-Man and John McClane do have to face each other inside this house. Let's let's bring a little bit about what this podcast is all about. Who would win between ant-man and john mcclane all right i need a couple i need a little more background on ant-man what's his like love fitness level like he's he he paul rudd's ant-man scott lang what's his name he was like a small time thief type of guy uh so he was a small time thief uh he did do some time in jail um he did experience um fist fights while in jail uh he did get his butt kicked a couple times by guys that are way bigger than him bigger than bruce willis also um, but, uh, he does have a six pack, which is, you know, a staple amongst the comic book men, if you will. <laughs> um, but he is able, he is able to hold his own, uh, in a fist fight in the film. I don't want to spoil anything for you in Ant-Man. I don't know if you care. Go ahead. Um, in the film at one point. Uh, Ant-Man has to break into the Avengers facility, but he doesn't know that it's the Avengers facility. He just thought that it was an old industries warehouse, but it was the warehouse that Tony Stark turned into the Avengers facility and Ant-Man didn't know that. And while he is breaking into the Avengers facility, he has to fight um, Falcon from Captain America, uh, the Winter Soldier. 
and uh, he's able to hold his own against Falcon. I mean, Falcon, super powered. Uh, he's got his uh, expert pilot skills. He flies that, you know, jetpack uh, wingsuit that he has. And Ant-Man um, pretty much, you know, takes him out pretty easily, uh, a matter of fact. I mean, they're, they're throwing punches. And while Ant-Man fights, which is pretty cool, and he would definitely do this against uh, John McClane, I mean, he can shrink and grow at, a, at an instant. So, I mean, he could shrink and, like, just punch uh, John McClane in the face. And, like, John McClane wouldn't know where he was. And Ant-Man could hop from one shoulder to the other shoulder, punch him, other shoulder, punch him, grow big, punch him down, grow small, like, take his legs and flip him upside down and all those different things. And, and John McClane's really not going to know who he's fighting because of the different sizes. That would be quite difficult. So here's right. here's John McCain. John, <laughs> now you got me doing John McClane's <laughs> general fighting style. If you are a generic regular bad guy henchman type, he'll just shoot you. If you are kind of a yeah. generic bad guy, but you're a little bigger, maybe you're like in charge of a couple other bad guys. Um, he might have to like punch you, knock your head into something, and knock you out, or throw yeah. you off of something. And then if you're like the higher up bad guy, if you're like near the top of the chain, he will be in a fist fight with you, um, maybe lose the upper hand and then have to kind of do something clever to beat you. Like maybe you're be choking him and he reaches and gets a, a piece of wood and hits you on the head with it or something like that. Or he um, ties a chain around your neck and then pushes you off the off a ledge so you kind of choke uh, yourself. Okay. Now the thing is, though, I mean, if 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 you tie the chain around his neck, and you push Ant Man out, Ant Man's instantly just going to shrink himself, and he's going to fall right out of that chain. So doesn't Ant Man have a problem of being a tiny ant? Like, like what if he gets? What if he just gets flicked? What if a gust of wind blows you? Like, say you're doing a fancy move where you like start big, you jump and do a throw a punch and then shrink so. John McClane can't see you and you got an Ant-Man punch coming at you and John McClane kind of just wildly flails his arms and a gust of wind like blows you across the room. Is, is That's going to be like an ant like flying like, you know, tens of feet. This is true. This is true. Can, can Ant-Man just be squished when he's an ant? Uh, I don't see why not. There's just a lot of risk there to be an ant. Now, something I would argue now, this is going to help you out. So you're welcome ahead of time. If those mice are 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 around, the small mice we're talking here, okay? Bruce Willis is going to be sneezing quite a lot. I mean, they say that the 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 sneeze power is like what, like hundreds of miles an hour or something along those something lines. Something like that. I mean, you're sneezing and Ant-Man's right in front of your mouth and you sneeze, I mean, he's going to be out into the next room. Oh, yeah, you're right. Worst-case scenario, he accidentally inhales Ant-Man. Because then you could just enlarge that is yourself. the worst case scenario. Well, because you could enlarge inside of him and just, like, blow him up. It'd be very messy yeah. and uncomfortable for it both of them. It'd, but... be very, it'd be very messy. And then the cops show up, and now Ant-Man is being, you know, arrested for homicide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and especially especially since it's, like, a cop, Blue Lives Matter, people are going to come in. Yeah, they're, they're probably going to wrap him up either. a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, so, is... I mean... This, that would be a very there interesting There are a lot fight. of different things that could happen. Yeah, it could go a lot of ways. It really would be, yeah. It really could go a lot of ways. Unfortunately, we really don't have 
a good it'll never it'll never happen. We will never have John McLean team up and go against uh Paul Rudd's Ant Man, unfortunately. Right. Unless somehow, you know, Marvel gets the rights and they, they incorporate him into the universe, which would be pretty cool. Yes. But, but I don't I don't ever uh I don't ever foresee that happening. As Andrew of PA would say, it doesn't make sense. Correct. It it makes no sense sense whatsoever <laughs> so um so chris want to end with any uh fun facts or any Ooh, trivia um, before we head out of here i had to uh do you have any fun facts to do first i had to pick out some good ones um i don't have anything off the top of my head um i'll just do the best i can um ant-man the movie we kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago uh the movie was originally supposed to be directed by edgar wright and it got to the point where i mean and like they had storyboards and they were kind of getting ready to start filming. And then there were uh, creative differences between Marvel and Edgar Wright. It seemed like um, Marvel really wanted this movie to fit into the MCU where Edgar Wright just kind of wanted to make an Edgar Wright movie starring Ant-Man. So Edgar Wright uh, unfortunately left the project. He still did get a writing credit on the movie. But um, unfortunately, he was not the director. There is a sequel that is going to be out. Uh, the summer of 2018, so less than a year away, and it's going to be called Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, the Wasp is the character played by Evangeline Lilly um, of Lost and the Hobbit fame, and um, she will be kind of like the co-partner with um, Scott Lang. And I was actually doing uh, – I was reading some stuff on Ant-Man today, and apparently that movie is going to be a rom-com, which will be like the first MCU rom-com, and I think it might be the first comic book movie rom-com. Interesting um, choice. That's we'll ever see really, that goes. Yeah, yeah, it could could be interesting. Also, uh, Ant Man will be in the new uh, Avengers: Infinity War, uh, which that trailer dropped this past week, which I thought it was really really good. But uh, you do not see Ant Man in the trailer, but it could be um, deceiving because it is possible that he was in the trailer and we just couldn't see him <laughs> because of his uh, because of his. That small would be size. such a cop out if they're like, yeah, Ant Man was in that one scene. He was just ant sized. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty uh, pretty dumb. In my Ant-Man research, I found him rated number two on a list of world's most useless superheroes. Really? Yes, they were Who not Who was number fan. one? Uh, Who was number one? I didn't look. No. I mean, Ant-Man, I mean, all he can do is just shrink and grow. Um, I mean, that did lead... You, you got to see the fight in Civil War, Chris, where all like the superheroes fight each other just because it's so awesome to see. But I mean, Ant Man is very helpful in that. Like, he gets he shrinks and he gets inside Tony Stark's suit and he just starts like pulling the suit apart, <laughs> which makes the suit start to like dysfunction on Tony Stark. And then he gets super big and he takes, um, you know, like I said, War Machine and just kind of like uses him as a hammer and smacks him into a giant airplane. Um, I mean, he is very useful, even though Paul Rudd plays the character kind of as like a doofus. <laughs> but it's it's just so so. Just, darn entertaining we should do a giant ant-man versus hulk battle Ooh, there we go maybe when uh, infinity war comes out could we yeah, could do something along those lines we'll see how they use ant-man I'll, I'll have to catch up on my ant-man background yeah go for it all right here's here's some diehard facts so the um the main villain in diehard is played by alan rickman who i love such a great guy rest in peace yeah he plays hans gruber so um there a lot of the movie was was improved because the script was changing a lot. But one of the more well-known scenes that was improvised was when um, John McClane and Hans Gruber meet up, meet for the first time. And um, John McClane kind of has the upper hand on him. 
but he but John McClane's never seen the bad guy. He doesn't know what he looks like. He's just heard his voice. So in the scene, uh, Alan Rickman, Hans Gruber, does like a, an American accent and pretends that he's a hostage, just like hiding. And um, they like found out that Alan Rickman did like an American accent like the day of filming that scene, and they're like, "Yeah, sure, do that." And uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny. It, I mean, like it's not a funny scene, but like knowing that, it's kind of funny. Um, uh, mo- the the terrorists in the movie are, are supposed to be German, but only a couple of them were actually German, and only a couple more could even speak any German at all. They were only cast for their appearance, and most of them were nine out of the twelve were over six feet tall. I mean, you got to have that looming body figure to to scare away your opponents. Yeah, and they didn't have to talk too much anyway. So that's true. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Bruce Willis received uh. At the time, unheard of five million dollars for the role of John McClane. Really? Wow. And, now he's um, portrayed that role what like five times? Yeah, that sounds right. They made a bunch. Now I heard there's rumors that there's going to do they're doing another one, but it's going to be like an origin movie. Would Would uh, Bruce Willis be in it? That I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, but I know they've they've had talks about doing an origin movie. I'm not sure what they would call it. It'd be probably called like Yippie Kaye or something like that. <laughs> that would be interesting. So I got one last one last yeah. fact that I didn't know before before reading this. Um, if you if you pay attention, whenever Hans Gruber fires a gun in the movie, they'll normally quick cut away from it, and that's because Alan Rickman had an uncontrollable habit of flinching when he fired a gun. <laughs> Like from the from the noise and the flash, so there's one scene where he shoots Takagi, who's like the president of the company. That's near the beginning. Uh, you can see him wincing when he shoots him. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> that's too funny. So uh, those I wonder are... if he experienced that in Harry Potter, like when he would have like sparks come out of his wand, if he'd have to like you know turn away or close his eyes or something along those lines. Yeah, I feel like I feel like he didn't have the same issue with the wand. Probably not. Unless they found a working wizard wand for him to use as a prop. Maybe. I mean, I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure people have the money to do something. <laughs> that's too funny. That's uh, that's that's interesting. I guess he I guess he didn't do anything else that, that had any props like that, like guns firing. That I can think of off the top um, of my head. He probably did just because he's been in so many things, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah, I guess that is true. But uh, poor R.I.P. Alan Rick. It's a shame he had a ghost who's... Yeah, he was great. Yeah. He was also in Galaxy Quest, which you mentioned earlier. That is true. He is. And I heard that they're, uh, Amazon's doing a Galaxy Quest TV show. That could be good. Because there was actually originally planned... There was plans to do a Galaxy Quest TV show before Alan Rickman died. And I think that they're just going forward with the plans and they're just going to have to adjust accordingly. But um, we'll have to see because I love Galaxy Quest. So I mean, Me hopefully it lives up to the expectation. Mm-hmm. So anything else you want to add, Chris, before we head out of here? Nope. It's uh, another one for the books. Awesome. I love it. All right. So um, thank you so much for listening. Please remember, as always, there will be a Twitter poll online where you can vote for who you think would win um, breaking into the uh, Home Alone 2 house. And, I mean, you can also incorporate into your, your vote decision, uh, I mean, between a fight of – Alan Rickman, or not Alan Rickman, of um, John McClane and Ant-Man as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good advice. 
curious to see what people think of those two going head to head. So please remember, as always, to subscribe, follow, and rate, and please continue to participate in our show. For the Who Would Win cast, this has been Steve. And this has been Chris. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Excuse me, where's the lobby? Down the hall and to the left. Thanks. The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast, and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.